Hello, and welcome to the Clearly Reformed Podcast. I'm Kevin DeYoung, Senior Pastor at Christ Covenant Church in Matthews, North Carolina. And today's episode is entitled, Who Was St. Nicholas? The unsatisfying answer to the title of this episode is that we don't know as much as we would like about St. Nicholas. We know that a bishop named Nicholas existed, that he had a great influence on his homeland, and that he probably died on December 6. Well, we should be careful to separate fact from fiction. There are elements of the Nicholas story we can know, and what can be known is worth retelling. According to the best estimates, Nicholas was born around AD 280 in Patera in Asia Minor. He later became Bishop of Myra in modern-day Turkey. Nicholas, it seems, died about 343 on or near December 6. There's no record of his existence attested in any document until the 6th century. By that time, Nicholas, whoever he had been, was already famous. The emperor Justinian dedicated a church to him in Constantinople. Initially, Nicholas was most well-known in the East, but by 900, a Greek wrote, The West, as well as the East, acclaims and glorifies him. Wherever there are people, his name is revered, and churches are built in his honor. All Christians reverence his memory and call upon his protection. In 1087, Italian sailors stole his supposed relics and took them from Myra to Bari, Italy. This move greatly increased his popularity in Europe and made Bari one of the most crowded pilgrimage sites. It is said that Nicholas was represented by medieval artists more than any other saint except Mary. Why was Nicholas so famous? It's difficult to know the truth and nothing but the truth, but this is some of the legend of St. Nicholas. He was reputed to be a wonder worker who brought children back to life, destroyed pagan temples, saved sailors from death at sea, and as an infant nursed only two days a week and fasted the other five days. Moving from legend to possible history, Nicholas was honored for enduring persecution it is said that he was imprisoned during the empire-wide persecution under Diocletian and Maximian. Upon his release and return, the people flocked around him. Nicholas, confessor, St. Nicholas has come home. Nicholas was also hailed as a defender of orthodoxy. Later sources claim he was in attendance at the Council of Nicaea. According to tradition, he was a staunch opponent of Arianism. Writing five centuries after his death, one biographer said, Thanks to the teaching of St. Nicholas, the metropolis of Myra alone was untouched by the filth of the Arian heresy, which it firmly rejected as a death-dealing poison. Stories of his courage abound, one claiming that Nicholas traveled to Nicaea and upon arrival promptly slapped Arius in the face. As the story goes, the rest of the council was shocked and appalled, so much so that they were going to remove Nicholas from his bishopric until Jesus and Mary appeared to defend him. According to the same legend, this apparition changed the minds of the delegates who quickly recanted their outrage. As you might have guessed, Nicholas was also revered for being a generous gift giver. Born into a wealthy family, he inherited the fortune when his parents died. Apparently, he gave his vast fortune away. The most famous story involved three girls who were so destitute that they're going to be forced into a life of prostitution. But Nicholas threw three bags of gold through the window as dowries for the young women. 
Over time, St. Nicholas became the patron saint of nations like Russia and Greece, cities like Freiburg and Moscow, and of children, sailors, unmarried girls, merchants, and pawnbrokers. The three gold balls hung outside pawn shops are symbolic of the three bags of gold. In honor of St. Nicholas the gift giver, Christians began to celebrate December 6, his feast day, by giving presents. The tradition developed over time. For good boys and girls, St. Nicholas would come in his red bishop's robe and fill boots with gifts on the night of December 5. For bad boys and girls, St. Nicholas was to be feared. In highly Catholic parts of Europe, St. Nicholas became a deterrent to erring young children. In Germany, he was often accompanied by Necht Ruprecht, farmhand Rupert, who threatened to eat misbehaving children. In Switzerland, St. Nicholas threatened to put wicked children in a sack and bring them back to the Black Forest. In the Netherlands, St. Nicholas's helper would tie them in a sack and bring them back to Spain. In parts of Austria, the priest, dressed up in Christmas garb, would visit the homes of naughty children and threaten them with rod beatings. At least nowadays, he only checks his list. Not surprisingly, the reformers were less than friendly toward the traditions that had been built up around the saints. Luther rejected the saints' days, believing they were built upon legends and superstitions, and, we might add, a virulent strain of moralism. In Germany, Luther replaced St. Nicholas's Day with a different holiday, Christchild, or Christkindle. Ironically, Chris Kringle which derived from Luther's Christchild holiday, has become just another name for St. Nicholas. The veneration of St. Nicholas virtually disappeared in Protestant Europe, with the exception of one country, the Netherlands. If you love Christmas with all the trappings of Santa Claus and stockings and presents, thank the Dutch. If you despise all that, then try to ignore my last name for the time being. The Puritans had done away with St. Nicholas and banned Christmas altogether, but the Dutch held on to their tradition and brought it with them to the New World. In the Netherlands, the name St. Nicholas was contracted to Sinterklaas. According to Dutch tradition, Sinterklaas rides a horse and is accompanied by his helper Zwarte Piet, or Black Piet. Many consider Black Piet a racist stereotype derived from slavery, although others claim he is black because he goes down the chimney and gets a face full of soot. At any rate, it is easy to see how Santa Claus evolved in America to Santa Claus. Santa Claus became the Santa we know in the United States only after the poem, Twas the Night Before Christmas, was written in 1823. Probably the best-known verses ever written by an American, the poem has greatly influenced the tradition of Santa in the English-speaking world and beyond. How should Christians relate to the traditions of Santa Claus? C.S. Lewis embraced them and so included Father Christmas in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Other Christians, fearing syncretism, stay clear of Santa, reindeer, and a tree full of presents. I'll leave it to you and your family to form your own opinions on observing the Christmas holiday, so long as it is done in a Christ-honoring way from a good conscience, Romans 14, verse 1, 5, 6, 23. But if Santa Claus is everywhere already, why not use him to your benefit? Talk about the real St. Nicholas. We don't know a lot about him, but we know he was a real and much revered person. According to legend, one of those stories that probably isn't true, but should be, when Nicholas was a little boy, he would get up early to go to church and pray. One morning, the aging priest had a vision that the first one to enter the church the next day should be the new bishop of Myra. When Nicholas was the first to enter, the old priest, obeying the vision, made the young boy bishop right on the spot. But before he consecrated Nicholas, the priest asked him a question. Who are you, my son? 
According to tradition, the child whose legend would one day become Santa Claus replied, Nicholas the Sinner. Not bad for a little boy. With what little we know about St. Nicholas, it is safe to say he would not be pleased to know he had eclipsed Christ in the hearts of many as the central figure of Christmas. For the Bishop of Myra no doubt knew the angel's words to Joseph. Mary will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So this Christmas, give gifts if you like, we will in our family, receive them all with thanksgiving, but do not forget what we need most, salvation through substitution. This is one gift the real St. Nicholas would not have overlooked. Thanks for listening to the Clearly Reformed podcast. Clearly Reformed exists to deliver biblical truths and sound theology for Christians and churches seeking clarity in the midst of confusion. You can find more episodes like this and lots of other resources at clearlyreformed.org.